Beck is a graduate of Kansas University. He was originally signed to play professional baseball by the Tampa Bay Rays. Spent the 2015 season in their organization before joining the Thunderbolts in 2016. And here in the 2016 season, he has been really a, an all-around utility man for the Thunderbolts, playing infield, outfield, and today he plays the role of interviewee. Welcome to the Press Box, Blair. Thanks. Good to be here. So let's talk a little bit about your beginning in the game of baseball. Of course, uh, you grew up in Texas. So what introduced you to the game, and how did you end up getting involved in it? Uh, you know, when I was real little, my parents put me in uh, a lot of sports, and actually my favorite sport probably growing up was soccer. But, you know, going from soccer practice to football to baseball, I had to pick one, and I was a little bit better at baseball, so I chose that one. I know you've got a very athletic family. Both your parents were pretty competitive athletes, weren't they? Yeah, my mom, she was a uh, golfer at Texas Tech and is a 12-time champion back home, city champion. And my dad was a football player, quarterback, and punter at Texas Tech and then uh, went on to try for the Cowboys. And So, yeah, pretty athletic. So your mother was a golfer, your father was a football player, but you grew up loving soccer. And then you end up in baseball professionally, so you're kind of well-rounded in that regard. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, playing, being able to play all the sports really, you know, helped my athleticism all around. And, uh, you know, having a little brother too, uh, Connor, always, you know, messing around, pushing each other helps also. And your brother's also a baseball player, isn't he? Yeah, he, uh, I think his favorite sport when he was growing up was football, and uh, he was a quarterback, and I was a punter, so we didn't really have good convos at the dinner table but uh yeah he's playing baseball right now at texas tech so he's doing really well yeah i didn't initially make the connection between punters and playing soccer so you, yeah you kind of have the, the kicking gene in the family yeah. too um you're from midland texas you're gonna have to help me out with texas geography a little bit as far as the professional sports franchises are you more of a dallas guy or a houston guy well my one of my best friends, Alex Bregman, is uh, in the big leagues right now with the Astros. So, you know, I support the Astros uh, as much as I can. And right now I'd probably have to say Houston. But football-wise, like NFL, the Cowboys. Now you were growing up, uh, the Houston Texans were around by that point. So there was, is there a legitimate rivalry there? I know the two cities aren't, aren't right next to each other. But Texas is it's, it's such a big state geographically, but it's also kind of like – a territory of its own in some way. So are there major rivalries even? I know they're at the college level, but at the professional level, level are there rivalries between those teams? I mean, not – you know, I, I would I would guess at the professional level, but, I mean, I guess it really depends on what sport you look at. NFL, I don't really, like, see a big rivalry. But, you know, in baseball, I guess it's, uh, you know, who owns the state of Texas. Is it the Astros or the Rangers? So I guess there is a little bit there. Yeah, that's got to be a, a good debate, especially going on right now. A couple of teams yeah. that over the last few years have been very good and, and look to continue to be that way going forward. Uh, let's talk about your life in baseball a little bit. Uh, I mentioned at the, the start of the interview, you've played pretty much everywhere for the Thunderbolts, and that's been true in the past as well. You were primarily an outfielder last year with Tampa. Uh, you were a first baseman at Kansas. What position did you initially start to try to play? Let's say going back to high school, was there any focus uh, my freshman year of high school, I was a second baseman and shortstop. And, um, you know, at the high school level, your second basemans are usually the guys that don't really have that great of arms. And my arm was 
pretty good for a freshman, so they wanted to move me to the outfield and then just took off from there and pitched a little bit in high school and still in college. But, uh, yeah, middle infield. So when did you end up starting at first base? Uh, that's a funny story, actually. My sophomore year of college, I was a center fielder at Midland College, and then um, – Going to Kansas, they said, hey, you know, we have a DH position that you can try and win a job for. And I said, all right, you know, as long as I make the team, I don't care where I'm at. And uh, about the third practice, they threw me a uh, first baseman's and They said, can you play first? And I go, well, hit me a couple, we'll see. So, And then from there on, I was a first baseman. Is that something that you recognized early on, that that versatility might be beneficial to you? Yeah, you know, I always – my parents always said that being able to do everything is is good, you know, being a jack-of-all-traits. But at the same time, it can hurt you also if you're, you know, just average at, you know, every position instead of it being exceptional at one. Uh, but I pride myself on my defense and, you know, trying to be exceptional at every place they put me. So, Well, you certainly – look like a natural anywhere you play, whether with the Thunderbolts been first, third, or any of the three outfield positions. I don't know if you've played much left field for the Thunderbolts, but clearly you've, you've had no real problem alternating between center and right. So you had that versatility. Uh, and, of course, you could hit as well. And you, coming out of high school, you ended up attending Midland College. As you said, you spent a couple of years playing baseball there. When you were, let's say, a high school senior, what was your thought process going forward? Were you looking to play at a four-year school, or were you specifically interested in a junior college, or did you think at some point maybe I'm going to try something else in college and, and not play baseball? When did when did you know that you were going to be a baseball player and, and decide to go to Midland? Uh, I think about my sophomore year of high school, because I started my freshman year of college at Texas Tech University. And uh, my sophomore year of high school, they came on they started recruiting me, and um, I didn't have a great sophomore year as far as hitting. And my high school coach wanted me to be a pitcher only. So my junior year, I came out, and I was a pitcher only and did really well. And Texas Tech wanted me to be a pitcher. And I uh, kind of got a little ticked off about it because I've always wanted to hit. I love hitting. and. Uh, so I spent all my time in the cage my s junior summer and uh, came out my senior year and hit 468. And I said, you know what, I'll give this Texas Tech thing a try. Went to Texas Tech. Uh, wasn't mature enough mentally to handle everything, being away from home. And um, at the semester, I, trans I transferred to Millen College and, you know, played there. You said – Going to Texas Tech, being away from home was maybe a, a, an issue for you, a difficult thing to transition to. But ultimately, when you did transfer to a four-year school, you went to Kansas, which I would imagine is further from home than Texas Tech yeah. was. How was that for you? You know, at that at that time uh, in my life, I mean, I've never really had a uh, issue being away from home, like settling down in another place, you know, making new friends, doing that deal. Uh being in Kansas, you know, it was kind of tur like turning over a new leaf in my life. I didn't know anybody, and uh, I just kind of just picked up the ball and ran with it and had a blast. I love Kansas. I'm excited to be back uh, in a couple weeks. 
It's interesting. You, you spent the majority of your life in Texas growing up there, attending high school, attending a couple of years of college there. But since then, you've moved around quite a bit. You spent a few years in Kansas. And then with the Devil Rays, with the Rays, I should say, when they signed you, uh, you were in the Appalachian League briefly, and then you went down to Florida in the Gulf Coast League, and now here you are in Chicago. So you've moved around quite a bit over the last few years. What's that been like for you? Honestly, it's been uh, the first – when I started, it was uh, pretty miserable. I just was living out of a suitcase, and uh, now that I'm in Chicago, I you know I live in a house with uh, Jared Kudnick, and, you know, it's great. It's uh, – I love Chicago. I love being here, so – it's fun. Is this as far north as you've been on a semi-regular basis? Yeah, West Virginia is probably the most north I've been. Yeah, Princeton, I've heard, is sometimes a difficult place to be out in West Virginia. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't wish that upon anybody to go and spend their uh, summer there. You were there for uh, 25 games only last year, so you weren't you didn't spend a lot of time there, but uh, you spent some time there. You spent some time in Florida as well, so vastly different different types of places how was the gulf coast league for you the gulf coast league was uh you know difficult especially going from college you know you're playing with guys that you know have a plan that have been been around the game they know how to pitch guys they know hitters know they're more experienced and uh you know going to the gulf coast league was like going to high school like a real elite level of high school baseball but not high the talent wise is in you know it's professional talent but just like the as far as the knowledge of the game goes i'd say like high school you're playing with 17 even 16 year old kids you went undrafted out of kansas last year but you ended up not having to wait too long to get signed by tampa bay take us through that period in your life between the draft and the time you got that phone call what was going through your head i told myself i wasn't going to watch the draft but uh Obviously, that doesn't happen. I mean, every kid's dream is to hear their name called on draft day. But, uh, you know, it was real stressful. Um, I had a lot of things going through my mind, like, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I don't I don't plan on playing independent ball. If I don't get picked up, you know, I'll just, you know, go on with my life. And uh, the fifth after the draft uh, – Two days after the draft, I got picked up. I believe it was like June 17th or so. And uh, I got a call, and he said, "How?" it was Pat Murphy. And he said, how would you like to be a part of the Rays? And I said, I'd love to. When do I leave? Is there any team that would have called that you would have said, no, I don't think I'd like to be a part of them? I would have I would have gone to whoever. <laughs> I think the Rays or anybody else, probably a pretty nice phone call. Yeah, I told I told uh, Pat Murphy, the scout that wanted to sign me, I said, hey, just give me a give me a pair of cleats and I'll put them on and let's go. Well, there's a couple different directions I want to go from here, but let's start with this one. You said that uh, if you didn't get drafted, your first thought was, I'm just going to move on with my life. Well, what does that mean for you exactly move on with your life? Did you have another plan at that point? I really didn't. You know, the only reason I was telling myself that was to, uh, you know, kind of keep myself at ease, I guess, and not, you know, freak out. Baseball has been such a big part of my life and will continue to be a big part of my life and uh you know when you when you're so close to like life saying hey you know baseball's done for you it's uh it's kind of hard to grasp so it's i mean it's real difficult it was difficult 
Yeah, I've got to think that, that the draft is kind of a turning point in a lot of people's lives, not just their careers, but it really does kind of separate where you are now from where you might be in a couple of years. And of course, you didn't get drafted, but you did get picked up, so you got to continue your career. One other thing you said a few minutes ago was you thought if you didn't get drafted, you didn't want to play independent ball, and yet a year later, here you are playing independent ball. So what changed for you? You know, I when I got released by Tampa Bay, it was it was one of those things, you know, when I started with Tampa Bay, I wasn't hitting good in the Gulf Coast League. And then my first month in Princeton, I was hitting like 343 and then fell off in like the last month. I was playing like every third day and uh, ended up hitting about 212. But right after I got released, I called uh, one of my coaches from back home, Randy Velarde, and I said, hey, you know, what What do you think about me continuing to play? And he, he said, do you still have a fire about the game? Is it is there still a passion for the game? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I think you just answered your, your own question. So uh, when Beeks called me, I said, you know, I'm ready to go. And, you know, I'm glad I got another opportunity. So what was your mentality approaching this season? I know a lot of guys, they'll, they'll play independent ball and they'll think to themselves, I don't want to be here, but I'm going to give it a try and, and see if I can move up. Is is that what you're thinking coming in that, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a nice opportunity for you, but you want to move on to the next level as soon as possible? Or did you approach this more from a standpoint of, uh, I'm just going to try to make the most of this situation for whatever it gets me in the future? You know, when I first got here, I told myself I was going to make the most of this situation. And I was playing good. I was hitting well. Uh, through spring training in like the first month and then I started putting pressure on myself all right well you know I can get out of here quick and I think that's what led to me getting out of my you know approach at the plate and you know when I started going into my funk and some people would say I'm still in that funk but uh you know I guess just if I would have stayed with that approach that I had at the beginning I think things would have been a lot better so as we talk right now, we're, we're getting through the 2016 season, getting close to the end. So as you look back on this year, and maybe we'll get more personal in a few minutes, but let's start uh, from the abstract view of just spending a year in the Frontier League. You played not a full season, but you played for a couple of different teams professionally last year. And now this is your first full season, start to finish, in professional baseball. What kinds of things have you learned about baseball in general, and how have you found the Frontier League as uh, as a league to play in and be around? Well, I mean, I, every time you walk on a field, you know, there's something to learn. Uh, the people that, you know, come out here and say they know it all is they're lying to themselves and everybody else. But uh, I've learned a lot, you know, being around Beegs and, and Will and, you know, all these guys, especially Bassie and Thurber, Coco, all those guys. You know, the guys that have more pro ball experience, you know, just picking their brain. You know, so it's been good. And as far as the Frontier League, you know, there's a lot of lot of good talent here. Um, and it was kind of eye-opening. You know, you go to independent ball and you're like, uh, you know, coming from affiliated ball. You know, in the back of your mind, you always think these players aren't, you know, what what you are. And... You know, there's a lot, a lot of tremendous players out in the Frontier League, so that was good to see. Independent ball and affiliated ball are so different just because 
uh, you're kind of segregated by experience level and by uh, the amount of money that you're making or, or w what round you were drafted in when you're an affiliated ball. Whereas here, there's such a, a wide range of people. You've got high draft picks, you've got low draft picks, you've got people who weren't drafted. You've got 22-year-olds, you've got 26, 27-year-olds. So there's such a, a great variety of people here. How have you found that to be different from when you were in the race system? I mean, yeah, I mean, the guys with the experience, you know, you can obviously, you know, tell tell the vets from, you know, the rookies uh, as far as, you know, knowledge and, like, situations, how they do in situations and, you know, stuff like that. But uh, honestly, it's not really that big of a difference. But probably maturity-wise, I'd say. There's a big classification system in the Frontier League as well. You have Rookie 1, which is people who are fresh out of college. There's Rookie 2, which is where you classify right now. People who have a year or less of experience. And then you have experienced players who have two years or more. And uh, Like I said, you're Rookie 2, which is kind of an interesting place to be because you start the season uh, as one of the younger guys, but as the season goes on, the draft passes and you see a lot of younger kids coming in who either didn't get drafted or got released because of the draft. And you really morph over the course of the season from being one of the younger guys at the beginning of the year to now where you're one of the more experienced guys on the team. Do you feel your role on the team change at all during that? Uh, you know, not really. I try to, you know, be the same guy I am from day one to day to the last day. So um, not not really at all. I think my role is, you know, coming out here, having – you know, a good personality, keep being energetic and, you know, not dragging at the field, hustling, playing hard, and helping, uh, you know, the younger rookies if they have questions, I'm there to answer them. Now let's step away from baseball for just a moment. Your first full season of professional baseball, as we've been talking about, what kinds of things have you done off the field? What kind of experiences or, or fond memories do you have of your first full season of pro ball? Uh, and enjoying, you know, the off days with, with the guys going downtown. Um, we, me and Kiefer rode some like sport dog boat and did 360s and got soaking wet in our jeans and I had my boots on. We were furious. I think Keith had to go to the Cubs game in all his wet clothes. So that I, was I, first of all, the sport dog, but I have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds awesome. I don't know I what no it's like what it a is. it's like an air dog extreme or so, I don't know. It's this big boat and they go do three sixties out on you know the lake and it's it was crazy. How do you end up in that position where you're in jeans and boots and you're out on the lake? You know, it was uh, we were hanging out, having dinner, and then stayed the night downtown and uh, woke up and I didn't have any shorts or sandals and they were like hey let's get on this ride all right well thinking i was just gonna cadillac around the lake oh boy was i wrong we got soaked well the, the fun unexpected moments of summer right yeah have you had a, a favorite uh, off day activity that you've discovered over the course of the season aside from getting soaked in your jeans uh favorite off day activity probably just you know relaxing hanging out with with the guys and uh you know, that new app came out, the Pokemon thing. So I guess yeah. kind of doing that a little bit is a little fun. Well, how have you fared compared to your teammates on Pokemon? <laughs> Not good. There's uh, I don't think I'm as into it as some of these guys. Let's, uh, let's, let's learn a little bit more about Blair Beck as a person. So 
Uh, if I were to ask you, for example, some of your favorite movies, what kinds of things would you like to throw out there? Oh, Joe Dirt, Happy Gilmore, Eight Seconds uh, is pro probably one of my favorite movies. Um, with John Wayne and the Cow, I'm a big country movie guy. Um, the Wood. You got a pretty good list. Yeah, I got I'm a big movie guy. Yeah. Big movie guy. It seems like you're a country music guy too. I am. Uh, I like country music. I like rap music. I like any music really, as long as uh, as long as it's got a beat that I can dance to. I'm I like it. As long as you don't have to take batting practice in silence, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we talked about your your favorite off day hobbies here in the Chicago area. Well, when you're back home in Texas, what kinds of things do you do? What just some of your hobbies outside of baseball? Hunting, fishing, uh, riding horses, stuff like that. So you're an outdoorsman essentially. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like being outdoors a lot. Being out in the country and you know it's peace and quiet. And at the ranch, we don't have any cell phone service, so I don't have to worry about my phone buzzing. <laughs> Well, a lot of people would uh, would not say that they don't have to worry about it, but they might be desperate if they weren't getting any cell phone service. Yeah, that's a, it amazes me. My mother is uh, has her phone glued to her hand 24-7, and you can't even eat dinner anymore. I told her that I was going to put a rule when I had kids that all phones go in the middle of the table. You seem like you, you live the ideal off-season life. <laughs> I live in Chicago during the off-season. I don't get to do anything outdoors. Yeah, it's... I. I was here a little bit last off season, and it was it was too cold. I had to get out of here. It was probably too cold when you got here for the start of this season. Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty chilly. Some of these guys were wearing. I mean the cold really doesn't bother me that much, but I'd rather be looking at deer in a deer blind and you know riding horses and being out in the cold. So what's your plan for this off season? Are you going back to Texas? You mentioned a little bit ago that you're going to be in Kansas at some point. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Kansas a little bit. Uh, I'm going to help uh, coach, and uh, my role there is just help some of those younger guys and uh, with the KU baseball team, and then probably go home and for a couple weeks and then uh, back to training. Me and uh, Alex Bregman will probably take two weeks vacation after that's all done and then hit the grind as hard as we can. So you're still – Kind of in that mode, so that maybe you've gotten a little bit more used to by now of doing a lot of traveling, spending various parts of the year in different parts of the country, and that's something that you're a little more comfortable with now. I am, you know, it's. It got to a point where at first I was, you know, kind of nervous. I didn't know what I was gonna. Didn't really want to go see everything. I was good being in one spot, and now it's. I want to go see everything. I want to meet new people and, you know, travel and do all that stuff. One thing I have to ask you about, because I just noticed this today, I looked you up online just to make sure I had my information correct on you so I could ask you some, some questions today, and I saw your, your Twitter account. You have a verified Twitter account. I didn't realize you were such a dignitary playing here for the Thunderbolts. How did you get, <laughs> how did you get verified? Oh, uh, you know, that's a, uh, that's a long story. I, um, I got lucky, really, uh, you know, being, being, uh, friends with Alex definitely has its perks um but yeah definitely I my agency helped me out with it and you know I now that I'm verified I got to start tweeting more so 
you just need to to walk around with an air of importance, and I think you're you're probably good there. Yeah, it definitely gave me a lot more uh, swagger about my <laughs> social media career. You've mentioned Alex Bregman a few times, uh, and of course he's one of the hottest prospects in baseball right now. How did you end up developing a relationship with him? Uh, when we were younger, um, I want to say we've known each other. I mean, it's felt like we've known each other since we were 12. But uh, we first started playing when we were 17. Uh, I met him, and really it was one of those things. As soon as we met, we just, you know, hit it off and kind of have the, you know, same personalities. We push each other when we're with each other. And um, he's a great, great guy to be around and the hardest worker I've ever, ever seen. We've talked about your off-season plans a little bit, but obviously you go beyond that now as we look forward to the 2017 baseball season and beyond. What are your plans? Are you at a point now, and we, we talked about it quite a bit earlier, uh, there was a time where you didn't get drafted, you thought maybe your career was over. You got le released by the Rays and you thought maybe your career was over. Uh, how long does baseball last for you? Do you keep playing until uh, that fire dies down, or are you looking for moving on to the next step? And uh, of course, you still are in an opportunity where you're a young guy and you're improving as a player, and you can keep moving up to, to next levels. So how do you look at that going forward? Well, I'm going to keep playing until they tell me I can't, until every single person says, hey, we do not want you move on with your life. That's when I'll stop. And whether it happens in, in two years, in five years, 10 years, 15 years, when your playing career as a player is over, is that something that you've thought about at any point between the time you graduated college and you weren't sure what comes next to now do you have any other plans for for post baseball you know I've had uh I've had coaching offers you know I got I got a job offer from KU to coach baseball there uh my junior college coach said that I can coach with him um and you know it's one of those things where if once you're out of the game you have the people that don't ever want to they just want to forget about it because it's too hard to come back and then you have the other guys that are I want to help everybody I can with this game and show them what I've learned and you know teach them the things that I did wrong so that they can be good in their career and I haven't really decided which which guy I'm going to be yet but uh I know that baseball will be a big part of my life whenever I'm done playing yeah, that's something that's interesting. A lot of people who play baseball ultimately at some point become coaches. A lot of them don't as well. But there are a lot of people, and you seem like one of those guys, and I to some extent am one of those guys as well. You get a taste of baseball, whether you're in it as a player or you're working in some other role within the organization where you don't really want to let baseball go. So whether your career goes on or not, you kind of have that opportunity while you're playing right now to – keep analyzing everything that's going on which would make you a better coach later and it seems like you have put yourself in a position right now to to have that good foundation going forward yeah you know I love coming out here and learning about the game like even you know there'll be situations with a pitcher and I'll you know ask Will and or Beeks hey why why that right there why would you want to go that route why not this one and you know I hear all different types of it and you know, it's good It's good to hear, even like hitting. You know, sometimes like I've asked Vargas from Traverse City, hey, what? what's your approach? You know, what are you, your first A-B, do you have a plan your first A-B? Are you looking for how they pitch you and that's the way they're going to pitch you the rest of the game? Or, you know, how do you do that? So it's good hearing all that stuff and it definitely helps. 
All right, Blair, I'll get you out of here in a couple of minutes, but uh, let's talk a little bit more about yourself once again. If there's anybody listening who really wants to get to know Blair Beck better as a person, any fun facts about yourself? Anything you'd like people to know about you? Uh, I'm very outgoing. I'm, uh, anytime I'm with the group, I'm usually the, the loudest. Heck, anytime I'm with another just one person I'm probably the loudest but uh I don't know I think I'm a little bit louder than you right now well yeah I mean right now probably putting you on the spot yeah but uh you know I I love people I'm an open book if anybody asks about me I tell them no matter what I don't have any problems you know telling about myself and you know not that I'm like conceited or anything like that but uh, so what you're saying is I didn't need to throw a headset on you to ask these questions I could have just walked down to the field had this exact same interview with you off air and you'd be completely okay through BP it. ground <laughs> balls we would have we would have done the whole thing yeah well I could have had the headset on while fielding I would have been fine <laughs> with that that might be something interesting to try yeah I'd love that well Blair Beck I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk with me and allow me and, and all of our listeners to get to know you a little bit better Thank you. Congratulations on Broadcaster of the Year, by oh, the way. Oh, wow. I really appreciate that. No problem. I found that out on Twitter, my verification. <laughs> yeah, 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 your verified Twitter account. <laughs> all the important news comes straight to you. Yeah. Well, Blair, uh, thanks again. Good luck to you the rest of the season, and, and good luck for Thank both individual you. and team success. Appreciate it.